Yo, 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 welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Lats here with my partner, my friend, coming off that big 2-0 this week. Yes, sir. Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson, what's going on, Ben? That's right, man. Um, not much. Enjoying the weekend, enjoying sports. Got uh, oh, got yeah. the Christmas decorations up, so uh, loving life. Nice. How you doing? Man, I'm good. Same as you. Just enjoying, uh, enjoying, enjoying this weekend. We had some awesome fights. Uh, awesome college football. Awesome NFL this week. Excited to be here. Big show to talk about. Yep. Uh, drinking some good beer as always, man, let's get this started. Yeah. So, I mean, before we go into the sports aspect of the podcast, you know, I want to talk about our beer aspect, you know, for all the listeners out there. So Jordan and I are huge sports fans, but we're also huge beer fans too. And I mean, Jordan says he doesn't have, you know, that great of taste. We're getting him to move away (laughs) from the, uh, I only drink beer to get me fucked up into, uh, you know, I drink beer because it tastes good. But, uh, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to be reviewing two beers per podcast, letting you guys know what we think is a good beer or a bad beer. And, hey, you might like what we like. You might not. Beer game's always changing. So go out there. Check out those breweries. Check out those tap rooms. Get some beer to go. I mean, anything. Beer's just so good. So, Jordan, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking, first we're going to start it off with a beer from Drecker Brewing Company, which I have reviewed a beer from them before, which was another sour as well. Um, This one is the Brains Strawberry Guava Raspberry, uh, and it literally looks like a Jamba Juice smoothie. It does. It's only 4%. Um, So far, the taste is good. The smell is good. Uh, so I'm excited to drink this one, man. What about you? What, what's your first beer you sipping on? Nice. So my first beer is going to be one from uh, Mother Earth Brewing Company. Um, these guys are out of Sacramento. And uh, it's going to be the Cali Cream and Creamsicle. It's a 5% orange vanilla cream ale. So Mother Earth is you know, known for their vanilla cream ale, which is a damn good beer. And it tastes just like cream soda. So definitely go and check that out. And uh, they came out with this one, the Creamsicle, which is, you know, their vanilla ale, and it adds a little bit of citrus, so it's supposed to taste just like those uh, ice creams that we had when we were a little kid. So I'm stoked about this. The only problem for me is it has lactose in it, which is like death to me, but hey, (laughs) we're we're doing it for the show. And I mean, that Cali Creamin is on point, so I'm hoping this one is too. It's a huddle, guys. It's a huddle. Huddle, Latin for round. Come on, turn around. All right, there you go. All right, now, communication is the key. I signal the quarterback with the play, he relates it to you in the huddle, and then we try it on the field. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys, it's a curl out to the fullback on two. Hey, 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 wait a second. How come you never call a play for me? You're a tackle, dipped. Hey, nobody calls me a diphead except my brother. Guys, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll just run the ball. You always run the ball. Why can't I run the ball? Because you're slow and no one likes you. Well, you can't go to my birthday. Oh, boy. Okay, guys, that was good for a first time. Let's try it again. 
Need to get prepared for the NFL weekend? Join us on APR, the annexation of Puerto Rico, an ode to the Little Giants movie of 1994 starring Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis, a new football podcast brought to you by Taproom Sports Podcasts. It features Taproom Sports Podcast hosts Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats, and Big Ballin' Ben Larson. Joined by Weekend Waiver Wires, Steady Eddie Martin, and me, Tiffany, from Picks by Chicks, as we preview the upcoming week slate of games from a betting and fantasy point of view. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump into NFL. We have a huge week 13. We had no Thursday night game this week. Obviously, uh, you know, the Ravens fucked everything up with their COVID issues and whatnot. So, but we have some big playoff implication type games today. And it started off this morning with the Cleveland Browns, which I can't believe we're saying this this late into the season. Big game for the Cleveland Browns. They were four-point underdogs heading into Nashville against the Tennessee Titans, who were laying four points. Cleveland Browns ended up molly whopping the Tennessee Titans. Like this game wasn't even as close as the score indicated, which was 45 to or 41 to 35. I'm sorry. Ben, what was your takeaway from this game here? Yeah, so, I mean, I hope people were betting over. I mean, 76 total points. It, I mean, over under closed at 54. So, I mean, there was a lot more offensive output than anyone expected. Yes, Tennessee got a, a couple kind of, you know, trash time touchdowns. But, I mean, what I was really surprised about was I was expecting this, and I, I told all the listeners out there in my best bet last week that this was going to be a rushing, like that was going to be the big money maker of the week. And our big three only had 173 yards and a single touchdown total. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so these teams were passing the ball, which, you know, is a little uncharacteristic. And, you know, I, I fucking loved that touchdown to Lamb, the tackle who was eligible and uh, it's probably going to be his only NFL touchdown of his career. But, uh, I mean, good job, big man. Yeah, man. I, I mean, one thing that continues to ring, ring true about the Tennessee Titans is that when Derrick Henry does not rush for over 100 yards, they usually do not win. This uh, this happened here. Tannehill really had a lot of yards because they were playing down the whole the entire game. Like, they were down three scores from the first quarter. Um, the re- the thing that really stood out to me in this game, though, was that Baker Mayfield, he's really been the biggest question mark for the uh, Cleveland Browns, and here he was, you know, he was slicing and dicing and just killing the Titans in that first half. He, was. he threw for 334 yards, four touchdowns in the game. This game was over at half. Um, I mean, man, but my biggest question, and I got to pose this to you, Ben, is that now at this point, do we look at the Cleveland Browns as a legitimate contender in the AFC? Man, that's, that's tough. Cause I mean, the AFC has great teams. Um, you know, we're looking at Kansas city, we're looking at, um, you know, Pittsburgh up there. So to put them at that upper echelon this year, I think is, is tough. Um, they're definitely a surprise. I, and I think they're going to be, you know, getting a little distance into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, pass by those really tough, you know, top of the line AFC teams. They're one of those teams though, that I think can make some noise come playoff time because they can rush the ball very well and they have, they get after the passer well. So if they get a lead, they're likely like not to lose a lead because they can contain it by rushing the passer, continuing to run the ball, drain the clock, etc. 
So they're an interesting team to me. Like, I don't necessarily put them on that level of, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Steelers and whatnot. But I do think they're a team that can – they're like a dark horse. They can make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's head into Sunday Night Football. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at home, minus 14. Denver Broncos coming in, plus 14. The Denver Broncos played without a quarterback last week. Um, this week – I woke up this morning and I heard that the Kansas City Chiefs had like a few positive COVID tests. And then at 3.30 in the morning, they had to like call everybody, contract, contact trace and retest. Came out to be false positives. But when I heard that, I actually bet on the Broncos plus 14 because that's like uh, crazy. You know, dudes waking up in the middle of the night, having to go to the facilities, yeah. test, go back home, whatnot. Um, so what was your takeaway from this game? Obviously, the Chiefs ended up winning. Uh, the final score is 22 to 16. What did you take away from this game, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are a hell of a team. Um, I mean, there's no doubt about that. They know how to move the ball downfield. They know how to make plays happen when they shouldn't be happening. And a lot of that, I think, is, is on Mahomes. Um, you know, but, I mean, it was a really tight game. Um, you know, I, I never thought Denver would be within six of, of Kansas City, but I think that really has to do with Kansas City kind of playing down to their opponents or not putting all of that effort in because they know that they don't have to. They know that they're so good that they can make a drive happen, they can make a play happen, that they just kind of, you know, kind of play down to their opponents. So I'm really excited to see them in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they're going to be doing wonders. Yeah, I mean, they haven't lost a game in over a year. Or they lost one game, I'm sorry. Yeah, they've lost one game in a year. That was to the Raiders this year. They're hands down one of the best teams. I mean, they held a team to 16 points today. The uh, over-under was like 53 and a half. They only scored 38 yep. total. Um, and the Chiefs, honestly, they, they had two touchdowns taken back. One, or not one, wasn't even taken back. One was an actual touchdown that they should have reviewed. It would have been called a touchdown. And they had a, a touchdown to Tyreek Hill later on. That was called back on the phantom holding call. This game, the the Chiefs really controlled this game. It should have been a lot worse yep. than the score actually did. Um, the one thing is Melvin Gordon, 131 yards off huge 15 carries. Game. He was, huge game. Basically averaging uh, first down on, on every run. Which is incredible. I mean, that's that's something the Chiefs that's definitely been their weakness, but their counter to that weakness is that they can score in like three plays. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes it tough to like run out the clock. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so it's it's weird to be asking you this so soon since we didn't have a a Thursday primetime game, but uh, you know, what do you see this week out of the not so prime times? Anything really kind of stand out? I mean, the biggest thing for me, obviously Carson Wentz got benched for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I believe this is the end of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. I, uh, I mean, they drafted Jalen Hurts second round. There's no way, you know, you take Carson Wentz out, put Jalen Hurts in, and then you go back to Carson Wentz. Like, at this point, I think his time in Philadelphia is over. He has a lot of dead cap money. Um, yeah. But I think a team like Indianapolis with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in 2017 when he was the MVP candidate before he got hurt, I think that's a team that might take a flyer on him. Um, you know, do you do you think that there's any possibility Wentz comes back and plays for the Eagles? I mean, it would be it would be tough at this point for Hertz. I mean, you draft him so high, you you get him yeah. prepared, you get him in the game. He does well. Like he played well today. I was 
I was surprised. Indeed. I think he got what six attempts and completed four, um, and you know that that was a hell of a lot better than once was doing. Um, and you know, I think I think once is he's. I do think he's he's done. Um, at least for this year, I think he would be a great pickup for the Colts. I mean, they need a quarterback. Um, once, I mean, he's shown in his previous years that he is a top-notch QB. He just needs the right offensive coordinator, the right line, and I do think the Colts can provide that. And yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles did him no favors. I mean, they drafted Jalen Rager this year. They pass up on Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Last year, they drafted um, Arcega Whiteside from your Stanford Cardinal. That's right. And they passed up on DK Metcalf. Ouch. So, I mean, they definitely haven't done him any favors, but he hasn't really done himself any favors either, and I think that he's played like absolute dog shit. Yep. Um, I think he would be the first one to tell you that. I don't know if he's scared of getting hurt. I don't know like what his issue is. I definitely think a change of scenery could be good for him, though. Yeah. My second takeaway this week was I think the Rams are a sneaky Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that has been there before. They be, uh, Sean McVay obviously has been there before. The defensive line might be the best defensive line in all of football. Um, obviously, Aaron Donald anchoring that defensive line. He really gets after the quarterback, stops the run. You have to double, triple team him every play. Um, but I like the Rams, man. They're going They're going to be top 10 after this week in both offense and defense. Yeah. And that usually alludes to good things uh, come playoff time. And they can beat you in a multitude of ways, man. They can beat you in a low-scoring defensive affair. They can run the ball pretty well. They can pass the ball when they need to. Yep. I mean, they showed that against Tampa Bay, who was a top three defense. Um, man, I like what the Rams are doing, and I think that – I think. They're going to make some noise. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, they've got the opportunities. They've got the players. Um, it's it's now just execution. You know, can, you know, Cup string a lot of catches together? You know, can, you know, what uh, Eckler get back and, and really make that top-notch, you know, pl those top-notch plays? Um, you know, is Goff a distance playoff quarterback? You know that's what that what that's what has to work, and you know that's going to be Goff's the key. A good quarter, Goff's a good quarterback when he doesn't have to win you the game. True, true. But he showed you he could do that against Tampa Bay. I mean, he threw for almost four hundred yards. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's what I'm saying. Like they can they can kind of play any kind of way. They can play a shootout. They could play a fucking low scoring game. Like the Rams are a good football team. Yeah. Oh, they definitely are. They definitely are. Um, what was your takeaways this week, though? Um, my big one was, man, those poor Jets. Um, I know I, <laughs> I know I give trash to the Jets every week. They played really well today. They put up 28 points on, you know, the the defensively poor Raiders, and they were winning that game up until five seconds left. And should have won that they, game. They they should have. I mean, uh, Darnold had 168 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, Johnson had 104 yards. With a touchdown, Crowder, five receptions for two TDs. But, I mean, you can't get beat on the same play twice in a row on a deep ball at the end of the game. I mean, you saw the first attempt. It was either Ruggs or Al Galore who dropped it off the fingertips. And then, I mean, you literally had a, a wide-open Henry Ruggs for that deep ball. And, 
you know, it, it was a beautiful touchdown. But it was tough if yeah. you're a Jets fan. I mean, the Jets should be used to this by now. Adam Gase fucking sucks, dude. Sure. He's got to get out of there. The Jets got to lose 16 games. Get Adam Gase out of there. Start over. <laughs> yep. Figure things out. Yeah, yeah man. And they, uh, have, they have the extra draft pick, you know, from Adams this year. So that's going to be huge for their opportunities next year. So we'll see. I... I selfishly, Ben, I selfishly wanted the Raiders to lose that game just so we could hear Eddie like give every excuse in the world as to why they lost. And, oh, my God, oh, APR would have been exciting on next oh, yeah. week with uh, if the Raiders lost. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the second one, second big thing that I had this week kind of goes back to your Rams being a, a sneaky Super Bowl contender. And that's the uh, the playoff implications that we had from the New York Giants beating the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the Giants took sole possession of the NFC East, which, again, is garbage, but they're at the top. They're making the playoffs. Um, and, yep. it, you know, with a win against Seattle, I see them using that to drive their next, you know, at least three Ws in their next four their last four games. Um, you've got Washington, who's going to be their other, uh, I guess, competition within the division, and they've got a harder schedule. So I think the Giants are going to take that division. And then the loss with the Seahawks, I mean, that just made the NFC West just it, – it's wide open. And you've got the Rams and the Seahawks at 8-4. and four. You've got the Cardinals at 6-6. Six and six. And the Niners, who, if they take the W tomorrow, will also be tied at that 6-6. Six and six. You know, it's going to be a tough W, but – you know, we could see a super close NFC West with three teams making the playoffs. Yeah, man. I mean, this is this was another huge takeaway of mine this week was that at this point, week 13 in the season, I never would have thought that I would be thinking like, holy shit, the Seahawks offense has issues. Yeah. Yeah. And they do. And Russell Wilson, he has not been as good as he was the first seven weeks of the season. The last four, he has not been nearly as good. Yep. Um, and that's a, this should be a huge concern if you're a Seahawks fan at this point. Absolutely. Especially with the way that the defense started the year. Um, you know, they've, they've stayed, you know, pretty cold these last couple of games. Yeah, they're getting a little bit better, but it's it's nothing to write home about. And you know, we saw no, Russell. I mean, the defense has definitely played better the last three weeks. They've mm. played a lot better. They have more sacks over the last three weeks than they did the entire rest of the season. Yeah, my my big issue with the Seattle defense is their deep ball and they, how they they keep getting burned at the the cornerbacks position. So that's that's where it, I see the struggles, but. I mean, they've been banged up in the secondary, though, and sure. they're starting to get more healthy, and we've seen it the last couple of weeks Like as they get more healthy. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think at this point, like, the the offense, which I would have been like, all right, that's going to be a consistent throughout the whole year. Like, sure. they're going to put up 20 to 35 points a week, and now it's like, holy shit, can they do that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you rely on that offense and Russell Wilson to do what they – did the first seven weeks and they haven't been able to do that against the Eagles and the Giants. Yeah. And they should be with, with Metcalf, with Lockett, with Carson, with they, Russ. They got way like, too much talent. Yeah. Yeah. So now is now I'm thinking like, man, I had the Seahawks as like a potential contender and now it's like I'm putting them in that same category as the Buccaneers where I'm kinda of dropping them down week by week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they'll drop as far as the Bucks go, but 
it, it's going to be an oh, interesting last say. four games. So, hell yeah, and uh, we're going to start off with a you know Monday night football this week. We got a few. We got two games on Monday night. We got one game on Tuesday night. Washington football team is heading into Pittsburgh tomorrow or today, plus six and a half. Pittsburgh minus six and a half. We we're talking about the Giants just now. This is a game that has huge playoff implications. If the if the football team loses this game, it's probably coastal service for the uh, Giants yep. and the NFC East. So, what do you like in this game? Um, who do you like in this game, Ben? Yeah, so I I think I'm ultimately gonna go Pittsburgh here. Um, you know, Washington has really impressed me over these last two weeks, but I mean you got to take a step back and you've got to look that they were playing some pretty shitty teams. Um, you've got the Burles and the Mixonless Bengals. You've got the Dallas Cowgirls. So, you know, they, they beat the bottom, you know, they've lost handily to teams who are at that playoff level or, you know, you know, even those, those fringe mediocre teams, they're losing by a lot. So, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting with, you know, all these COVID issues. I think Connor is still out. You've got Boswell, their kicker injured. Um, so I'm glad that the line dropped from that nine and a half to six and a half. But uh, since it's under a touchdown, I'm going to, I'm going to go Pittsburgh here. The Washington football team has lost to good teams, but they have not lost to good teams when Alex Smith is a quarterback. He's three and zero against the spread since taking over as the starter. On so like too. I'm going to take Washington here. I know it's probably a bad bet. I should probably take Pittsburgh, but Bud Dupree's out. Devin Bush is out. Yeah, um, Antonio Gibson has been playing very well. Terry McLaurin's been playing well. Like I said, Alex Smith, 3-0 ATS on one leg, the bionic man. <laughs> We're taking Washington football team here, plus six and a half. Okay. And then the second Monday night game we got... We got San Francisco at home Ooh, in Arizona. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, in their vacation rental in Glendale. And they're a pick em. This game's a pick em against the Buffalo Bills right now. This game has major playoff implications. Yep. Buffalo Bills playing for that number one seed. Niners now are playing for a playoff, sub- playoff spot. If they win this game, they're right in the thick of things. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, I, that's really why I like this game is because they have like both teams have something to play for. And, you know, they're both two great teams. You've got a a great Buffalo offense. You've got a, a great San Francisco defense. So I, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, can the defense pressure Allen enough to stop the pass and his, you know, secondary run, you know, are I mean, are the Niners going to be able to score enough points with Mullins? Which I think that's why I only lean Niners here is because I don't have trust in Mullins, man. Man, I mean, the Niners are usually able to run the ball like re- yeah. against whoever. It doesn't even matter. The thing that's crazy to me is this is like a top 10 offense versus a top 10 defense. Yep. Bills, Niners, top 10 defense lately. Um but obviously the Niners have been banged up all year. Sure. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded head coach, and he's a good coach. And for this game at a pick I do think these are two teams that are relatively close, so I need to take the best coach. I 
po- the Buffalo Bills could slightly overlook the Niners here because they're playing the Steelers next week. Mm-hmm. But I got to take the Bills here at a pick them. Okay. Okay. And then I know we have one last game on Tuesday. The Cowboys, they're laying eight and, or, uh, catching eight and a half points at the Ravens, minus eight and a half. Lamar Jackson is going to be back for this game. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck about this game. <laughs> I think the Ravens are going to cover the eight and a half, to be honest. Like, the Cowboys have shown me nothing. They got yep. blown out by Washington on Thanksgiving. Yep. I know that uh, McCarthy smashed watermelons like Gallagher uh, again before they played the Vikings, but that seemed to – all that energy seemed to have faded away pretty quick. But do you have any Do you have any interest in this game? Like, who do you got winning this game? I, I don't. I, um, I mean, the Cowboys – really have just been absolute trash since you know the loss of Dak um <laughs> I, I I can't trust Dalton I to be honest I'd rather have Ben DiNucci in there from a couple weeks ago um Ooh. you know but at the same time I at the beginning of the season I had all of that Lamar love and he I've been fighting for him I've been fighting for him and he just does not produce for me um so you know until I see a consistent you know, positive scope from the Ravens. I, I can't take them. You can't take the Ravens. I mean, I, I'm not going to put money on it, but oh, okay. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. take. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Ravens minus eight and a half for this game. But yeah, I mean, the eight and a half is like a wild number to me because. Yeah. I mean, I think both these teams are training down. However, I did think that the Ravens showed some fight last week. Um, you know, they were down nine starters, sure. which is almost half your your starters on offense and defense. So, And they were able to cover the spread. They only lost by five, you know. So, I don't know. Fully health, more healthy, I guess, sort of say. I, I would expect the Ravens to absolutely demolish the Cowboys. Yeah. But who knows? All right, we're heading into the NBA now. This is a weird time of year because usually Christmas time in the NBA is when we really start to get towards, uh, you know, the bulk of the NBA season. Like NFL finishes, NBA starts to get into the middle of their season. We start to figure out who the contenders and the pretenders are in uh, NBA. But this is a obviously weird time of year. We finished the NBA Finals in October. Uh, so we're going to preview the NBA uh Division by division, heading into the first week of the season, which starts December 23rd? Second. December 22nd. Damn, I was going to guess it 22nd. I knew (laughs) it was 22nd or 23rd. So we're going to start off with the Atlantic Division and the Northwest Division this week. Uh, The next three weeks, we're going to do two divisions, each conference, and then we're going to give you our predictions for the NBA season on the final week. Um, So let's start off with the Atlantic Division, Ben. Um, I know in the NBA, we don't really discuss division champions or who's going to win the division. It's really unimportant in the aspect, in the grand scheme of things. However, it's uh, you know easier for us to uh, break to everything break down, down yeah. and everything. So let's start off with the Atlantic division. Uh, let's start with the Boston Celtics, man. Like, What do you think you're going to see from the Boston Celtics? We had some movement. Um, Obviously, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Do you think they get back there at least? You know, what's your thoughts on where the Celtics are headed? I and I, 
I don't think the the Celtics are going to get back to the the conference finals. I mean, they really needed a legit big man because I mean, Tice was okay, especially in the bubble, but he isn't that elite center that is really going to take them to the end. Um, they did add Tristan Thompson, which I think is definitely a piece they need, but he's not going to be able to, you know, put the points up that they're going to be losing from from Gordon Hayward. Yes, he's going to get those rebounds in the offensive and defensive paint, but, uh, I mean, he's got a horrible shot percentage, and, you know, I, I don't see them adding anything to get them over that hump where they were last year. Yeah, man, the the Celtics continue to confuse me, dude. Every single year, they're like this team that I just don't understand what they're trying to do in the offseason. You know, four years ago, or I'm sorry, a couple of years ago, they got Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving got hurt. The team made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they could have added another piece like Kawhi Leonard, and they decided not to. And because of that, their team kind of struggled the next year. They took a step down. Obviously, they like put more in the hands of Jason Tatum, got rid of Kyrie, got Kemba last year. And in the playoffs, I thought Daniel Thies was, was good for them. And I agree with you. I think their biggest weakness was that they aren't long enough, and long teams often give them problems. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Kemba Walker was not good in the playoffs. Like he, oh, not at all. He was like honestly the reason why they, why they didn't win the Eastern Conference Finals because he didn't perform anywhere near to where he had to. I mean, he shot forty four percent from and um, shot forty four percent from the floor. He was not good from three. He was under forty percent. He only averaged less than 15 points a game. I mean, you're paying a guy max money. He ha- That's those yeah. moments where he has to step up, right? Yep. And I think getting rid of Gordon Hayward, that basically, you know, releases salary. And they weren't able to capitalize yeah. on where that salary went. They could have done a sign-in trade with a team like, let's say, Indiana. And they didn't. Instead, they basically let uh, Gordon Hayward walk to Charlotte. Didn't get anything in return. They drafted Aaron Neesmith, who was the best shooter in college. He's coming out of Vanderbilt. Added Jeff T, good free agent signing. But they lost Brad Wanamaker, who was a good backup yep. point guard for them last year. I mean, this team, honestly, in in my opinion, took a massive step back. Not a massive step back, but they definitely took a step back. Whereas yep. I would have had them as like a as a uh, Eastern Conference favorite. I now do not even have them as a top two team in the East. Yep. Yeah, definitely agreed. Which is where it brings in the Brooklyn Nets. You know, this is a team with two guys, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant obviously coming off that uh, Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving often hurt. Great player, though. Um, you know, we didn't really see that much movement from them. Um, you know, they lost, uh, they lost a bunch of guys that were on deals just for their uh, bubble, like Jamal Crawford, Michael Beasley, who really didn't even yeah. play. Um, they lost Wilson Chandler, Justin Anderson, uh, Musa was traded to Detroit. Garrett Temple they lost, but I mean they didn't really they didn't really lose any key players, and they added their head coach Steve Nash. They've had some interesting things go down in the offseason. Uh, ben, what do you see coming from this team right here? Yeah, I think the big thing is is going to be how you know the two big men of Durant and Kyrie 
you know, mesh together? And can they stay healthy? I mean, that's going to be a huge thing as well. Um, you know, does Durant's leg hold up? Can Kyrie not get hurt four times during this season? Um, you know, they're definitely the best team on paper, but it's, it's, you know, we've seen it in all sports. Sometimes the best team on paper can't connect it together. So, Facts. you know, that's a, that's a huge question mark for me. And same with Steve Nash. Like, how is he going to handle a player that says, yep. I'm the coach, Durant's the coach. We're all the you know, coach. Uh, we're all the coach. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have that, that respect there. You have to have that hierarchy to really have, you know, a, a team mentality. And if one person's going awry, who says that everyone else isn't too? Yeah, man, I'm with you. I think this is a team where it's going to go radically one or the other way. It's either going to be yeah. a total shit show or it's going to be very great. And yeah. I don't think there's going to be an in-between. Um, with that being said, I th a big question mark, dude, and you said it, was Kevin Durant coming back from the Achilles injury. Like, We've never seen a seven-footer after 30 come back from an Achilles injury. We haven't yeah. seen it. They always struggle. DeMarcus Cousins got re-injured. Um, you know, we, we just haven't seen it successfully happen yet. And because of that, I have to see it happen before I can put them there. I do yeah. have them as the second best team in the East right now because obviously Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know, barring injury, you got Kyrus Levert, Torian Prince, DeAndre uh, Jordan, Joe Harris. They're bringing back a lot of guys. Um, you know, Steve Nash is a, he's like, a, I believe he's going to be like a players type coach. I, I think he's going to get the most out of his guys. So I mm -hmm. like the Nets um, being number two in the East this year. But I do, yeah. I think they're going to be the best team in the Atlantic. Next team we got, we got the shit show that is the New York Knicks, still owned by James Dolan. Still don't know how to <laughs> lose correctly. I mean, this team tries to tank. They don't tank correctly. They don't even get a top six pick. Um, they got R.J. Barrett coming back for his sophomore year, bringing back Reggie Bullock, Frank Nilakina, uh, Alfred Payton, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Bringing in Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Austin Rivers, and they drafted Obi Toppin, um, and they have a good uh, two-way signing, which I love, which was Miles Powell out of uh, Seton Hall. I think that was a great signing, um, underrated signing, but I, yeah. I don't think that's like a, a underrated signing to the point where it's gonna like elevate their team any. But uh, I mean, where do you see the Knicks going this year, Ben? Uh, I mean. They're going to be last in the division. They're going to be, you know, probably close to the bottom of the conference. And, you know, I see them as, you know, better luck next year. I mean, they're in a rebuild. They've been, yeah, in, keep, they've been in a rebuild for seven years. Oh, moves. I know. Yeah. Keep keep trying to get somebody good. Um, it'll it'll happen eventually, but maybe next year. I'm going to put my this year. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on real quick. All right. I have a conspiracy that... The NBA is literally screwing the Knicks over until James Dolan sells the team. I mean, it sounds like a conspiracy to me, but I mean, it could happen. Owners are I mean, idiots. He's, so. He has been the worst owner in the history of sports. Like, he is yeah. hands down one of the worst owners. Like, it's not yeah. even close. I don't even know who else to compare him to. Like, that's how bad his ownership has been. So I think that, I mean, they... 
they've been like one of the worst teams for the last seven years, but they can never get a top draft pick. They always fall out of yeah. the top five. Uh, yeah, man, the Knicks are going to be awful this year. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, we got the, the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a very interesting team to me. You know, they yep. fired their head coach, um, uh, and Brett Brown. They hired Doc Rivers from the Clippers. They obviously have Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Ben Simmons, Matisse uh, Thibel coming back. Um, they traded for Seth Curry. They got in that trade. They had to get rid of um, Josh Richardson. They also got rid of Al Horford, which is basically a salary dump. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you see this team heading this year, Ben? I mean, I I really like what they did. I like their ads here. I like you know the the. Um, hire of Doc Rivers. I think that's exactly what, you know, these young guys need. Um, you know, someone who will go in who has one and will tell them like, this is how we're, we're fucking playing. Um, you know, I think that's going to be huge for Embiid. I think that's going to be huge for Simmons. Um, I, I'm a huge Seth Curry fan. Um, he's got what a better three point percentage than his brother, surprisingly. Um, you know, I, I love the addition of Danny Green too. Yes, he needs to step up in clutch times, but uh, you know he's he's a good player. You know, and then to to have Dwight Howard on the bench now is you know going to be you know that depth that they need. So I I like their ads. I think this moves them you know probably to that second position within the division, possibly the first, depending on how Brooklyn does. Bro, I'm right. I'm 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 right with you, dude. Like I think this is possibly I think them and Brooklyn are like the two best teams in this division. I think and I think and the crazy thing is I think both their weaknesses are their question mark their both their question marks are we have the same for both of them. They're both injury prone. Joel Embiid and Simmons are injury mm-hmm. prone. Kevin Durant and yep. Kyrie Irving are injury prone. So it's like it's almost like who's gonna be more healthy and that's who's gonna win yep. this division probably. Um, yep. I love what Philadelphia did, though. They brought in um, Daryl Morey from the Houston Rockets as their general manager, and they really uh, added on to their weakness last year. Their weakness was they couldn't shoot the three well. So what did they do? They go out. Yep. They add a guy like Seth Curry, who you said, great three-point shooter. Go out and get a Danny Green, who's supposed to be a good three-point shooter. He wasn't last year, but <laughs> he usually is. Um, yep. So they really tried to focus in on their weaknesses, and I think that's huge. Um, I don't think Doc Rivers is really that good of a coach, to be honest. I think he's more of a name, but I'm with you. And this last team, I think, is going to be right in there in the hunt, too. This is a tough division. Toronto Raptors, um, you know, they they really didn't um, – they lost Marcus Saul, old guy, and they didn't really add anyone. They lost Sergi Baco. They didn't really add anyone, though except for Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. But where do you see the Toronto Raptors going this year? Yeah, I think they're going to take a step back. Um, not a big step, but I, I do think Gasol and Ibaka are, are definitely going to be hurting them. They were, they were both parts of their, their run in, the, like in, in those influential roles, not necessarily the big superstar role, the one that's going to change the game, but they, they had their part on the team, and... I don't see any additions to, you know, to really add to that. Um, you know, is Lowry going to show up? Van Vliet, I mean, he was better than he was, or sorry, he was better two years ago than he was last year, in my opinion. 
um, you know, is Anu Anuobi? I always get his name wrong, but like, is he going to show up like he did last year? That's it's a huge question mark. Nah, OG you got know, does, OG got better last year. Like that's like that's a dude yeah. that's consistently getting better though. Yeah. Does it? Does he? You know, has he hit that ceiling? Does he continue to trend up? I don't know. Does Sakim blow up? Like, I I don't know. It's just too many questions for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think they, I think they take a step back. I don't know how big of a step they take back, just because they have a great yeah. head coach in Nick Nurse. They lost yeah. their assistant coach to uh, Indiana. He's now their head coach. I can't even pronounce his name, so I'm not even gonna fucking try and say it right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's always been this saying that I always heard when I was younger, and it was from Joe Torre, who was the head coach, the head manager of the Yankees. He always said, if you don't get better, you get worse. And I think this is a great example from the Raptors. I don't think they got better, so they're probably going to take a step back. Yeah, facts. All right. Well, let's head in. All right, so let's, yeah, let's move to the Western Conference, yes. our, our big favorites. Oh, yeah. We got the Denver Nuggets. This was a team that made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. Um, they were 46-27. and 27. Uh, you know, they got a lot of guys coming back. Will Barton, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic, Millsap, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Um, they lost, um, their big loss was Jeremy Grant, who was, you know, a key contributor to their playoff run. Also, yeah. Mason Plumley was a, was a, uh, rotation player for them. Um, so where do you see the Nuggets going this year? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to stay up at the top of this division, it, either either first or second in the division. I, I'm just glad that they kept that core intact, and, and really that's going to be huge. Um, you know, if they keep that power that they had in the bubble, I, I think they're going to be the team to beat in the West. But, I mean, it's hard to keep that high consistently, that high consistent play throughout the whole year. And... You know, they, they did lose a lot of depth in the offseason. And really, I mean, they, they added uh, their pick in Compazzo. They also added Jermichael Green. So they didn't add too much compared to how much they lost. So, you know, it's, it, it's going to be tough to see if they can last it for the long haul. I think that they were, they're relying more on other guys to step up uh, to where they mm. lost guys more than, you know, adding new guys. Like, you got a guy like Bull Bull, who was on a two-way contract last year. He's True. still on the team. He's he's probably going to assume a bigger role. Uh, Jermichael Green is a great stretch four. You know, he's going to be able to supplement the kind of loss you're going to get from uh, Jeremy Grant. I think Paul mm. Millsap has definitely lost a step, but he was better in the bubble last year than he was the entire regular season. I don't mm. know if that was like a... Um, you know, a little lightning in a bottle or whatever, but we're going to find out. But I do think that, you know, they have the youth, Jabal Murray, uh, Michael Porter yeah. Jr., Bull Great. Bull. They're all under Great. 24 yep. years old, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yep. they have a lot of youth there. Plus, they have a lot of experience with that youth. So this could be a very good team. True. <clears throat> Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is an interesting team. You know, they traded for D'Angelo Russell at the trade deadline last year. Uh, they're obviously bringing back Malik Beasley, Carl Anthony Towns. You know, they drafted Anthony Edwards, number one. They traded for Ricky Rubio. He's coming back to Minnesota where he started his career. You know, where do you see the Minnesota Timberwolves? Woo! Where do you see the Minnesota Timberwolves going this year, Ben? 
I mean, they've, they've got nowhere to go but up. So that's, that's the good thing. Um, you know, I think the additions of Anthony Edwards and Ricky Rubio are going to get them over that 19 games that they had last year. Um, you know, but I, I don't see them being as much of a threat to be an impact right away. Um, you know, you do have some great players in D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed. Um, so, I mean, they do have a good team to put out there, but they don't have that depth, which I think is going to cost them for a year, maybe two. They're going to be, they're going to be good, but I think it's going to take another year there. I mean, I don't even know. I don't know what this team is going to look like, to be honest. I mean, you got Malik Beasley going out and sleeping with Scottie Pippen's wife or whatever, flying on airports. Uh, You know, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, God bless his soul, dude. His mom, he lost his mom to COVID and um, seven people in his family. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's just, I mean, hearing that guy talk the other day, he like basketball is like the last thing on his mind and rightfully so, dude. You know what I mean? So I honestly, I think the Timberwolves are not going to be good. Um, Yep. uh, Anthony Edwards, great talent. You know, physically gifted kid, but who knows where his head's at. I mean, the kid basically said he was more interested in rapping than he was playing basketball. Um, yeah. So, I don't know where this team is going. And I don't. You know, I, I do hope. I do hope they're they're staying at the bottom because don't the Warriors <sighs> have their first round pick next year? The Warriors do have their first round pick next year. And is is it protected? I don't think it is. No, I don't think it is. And if it is, it's probably only like top three protected. But I don't think it is yeah. protected. But let's Love it. let's move on to another team that is not going to be very good. And that was because this team literally stripped it. Wanted to <laughs> they wanted to be bad. Um, yep. You know the Oklahoma City Thunder. They obviously lost Chris Paul. They traded him to the Phoenix Suns. They lost Stephen Adams. Traded him to New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans. Lost Terrence Ferguson, lost Danilo Gal. I mean, they lost everybody, bro. They lost uh, yep. everyone from their team except for basically uh, Baisley and Shy, Giz- Shy Gilgis Alexander. I always mess this dude's yep. name up. SGA uh, and Lugens Dort, who was a standout in the bubble. They do yep. have a great. Those are great young guys, dude. But they're young, and obviously, yep. Thunder rebuilding. Oh, they, they definitely are. Um, and I, I don't think you can put all of the weight on Chai Gagarius Alexander's back. Like, I, he, he is good. He is going to be a superstar player with the correct team around him. And when you're taking out Adams, Gallinari, and Paul, you're not giving him any options there. Um, you know, they added Ariza. They added... Horford, they added Justin Jackson, but the, I mean, nobody there compares to any three of those top players that they lost. So it's yeah, and they're probably gonna it's end gonna up, be a tough year. They're probably gonna end up trading Ariza, Hill, and Horford at the trade yeah. deadline. But I mean, this draft coming up, the twenty twenty one draft is like light years better than this last draft. Like the six top players in next year's draft would have gone top six this year. Like, that's how yeah. good next year's draft is. So, I understand what Oklahoma City is trying to do. They're really trying to um, 
you know, just really build for that future. The next three drafts are actually going to be really incredible. And 2023 has the best player I've seen since LeBron James in it. So if I'm a team, that's a, the draft I'm building for. Nice. And we got finally last team of the Northwest. So Two more. Oh, yeah, two more. Before we move on, we both have like Oklahoma City is like the worst team in the league, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. We we're in agreement. I, I'm there. putting Minnesota pretty close, but oh, they're not gonna yeah. be as bad as Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City's yeah. gonna be bad. But we got the Portland Trailblazers, man. This is an interesting team. This is a team that was banged up all of last yep. year. Came into the bubble a little more healthy. Ended up doing well in the bubble. Made it to the playoffs. Uh, you know, Dame Lillard got hurt in the first round against the Lakers. Lakers ended up winning the series four to one. They got Carmelo Anthony coming back. Um, they re-signed him. Obviously, you got Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum coming back. You they also added Robert Covington, great three and D player, and Derek Jones Jr., another great defensive player. Um, you know where do you see the Trailblazers going this year? I I think the Trailblazers definitely took a step up this year. Um, you know we know that they had a huge hole in their defense. You know, not only in the pl- the bubble, but throughout the whole year last year. And Robert Covington is going to come in, and he is going to make that that defensive at least stronger. Um, it may not be you know top three in the league, but it's it's going to be at least top ten in my opinion there. And when you have Dame, you've got McCollum, you've got Nurchich, like they're going to be scoring the points. That's not going to be the problem. It's it's keeping the other teams, you know, below that and. You know, I think Covington really helps that. Facts, man. I think Covington was a huge addition. That was the kind of guy yep. they've been missing the last couple of years. If uh, yep. Zach Collins can stay healthy, if they can, if the Portland Trailblazers can stay healthy, this is a top four team in the West, in my opinion. I yep. like them being a top four seed. Uh, Dame Lillard, you know, great player. CJ McCollum, great player. I love Zach Collins from Gonzaga. Great defensive seven footer that could stretch the floor. Nurkic has really expanded his game as well. I think this could be a scary team if healthy. Yeah. And so let's jump into the last team, the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, this is another team that is always a decent team under Quinn Snyder. Uh, you know, they keep most of their rotation. Um, they're really only losing Tony Bradley, Ed Davis, Moutier. So they're, really, they're not really losing anyone in their rotation. So... Where do you see the Utah Jazz going this year? I, they're another up team for me, man. Um, you know, I was absolutely shocked by their bubble play. I and mean, Donovan Mitchell is an absolute fucking god. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or at least he was in the bubble. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I like the, ad, the addition of Derek Favors from New Orleans. Um, you know, again, adds, you know, a defensive threat to an already good defensive team. Um, so... Like I, they have the top offense now, or they have the top offense already. They now have a good defense. I think they're going to be, you know, a, a team to beat and may even take this division. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, this is a tough one, dude. I don't know where yeah. I'd put the Jazz because, I mean, Bogdanovich was hurt last year in the bubble, but like Conley played better in the bubble than he did the entire year. So it's mm-hmm. like. If Conley's on that trajectory up and you got Bogdanovich playing well and you got Jordan Clarkson playing like he did in the bubble, plus Donovan Mitchell, I think this can be a good team. 
but I just don't, I think they're just the same, dude. Like, they're going to be a fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth seed in the West, and mm-hmm. that's just where they are. They might be, like, a a tough seven-game series for somebody, but I don't see them winning a playoff series this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely see that. All right, man. Well, that was our first week of NBA talk. You know, we got a few more weeks coming up before the season starts. So, you know, every week we're going to be previewing a different two different divisions from the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. So tune in every uh, every week for that. Ben, how's your yes, beer sir. tasting? It is good, man. I, I was a huge fan of that first one. I'm, I'm excited to uh, review it when we get to the end of the show. I've, uh, I've taken a sip of my second beer, I'm not going to lie, and uh, I'm, this one's outstanding. But, uh, you know, tell me about your second beer, too. So my second beer is a special beer from Beer Zombies out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, this is the Zombie Slaycation. The can is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. So, yep. Y'all need to see the can at our Instagram, at Top Room Sports Podcast. It will be up there. Um, but this is a uh, double sour double IPA. Mm-hmm. So it's a very unusual beer that I've never really had before. Um, but so far, so good. I'm about a quarter way through it already. <laughs> nice. Uh, going quick. And we got so show left, so I'm going to have to like sip slowly on it. But it is very tasty, dude. And... I'm I'm so good. jealous. I'm so jealous that you got that one. I I saw it I think the day before and I went back to go pick up a can after you had bought it. Um, you know, so we could we could do the dual share on our uh, our reviews, but of course, sold out within an hour. So, sold out. I'm I'm going to go back I'm and looking I'm forward get some to it. and send you some. There we go. I love it. I'm I'm looking forward to that review. Uh, but I'm going to talk about my second beer. Um this is, I chose this one initially for the can, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's the Hop Dogma Brewing Company. Uh, they're out of Half Moon Bay, California, about 40 minutes from the Bay Area on the coast. Yes. Um, I've been to this brewery. I have not tried this beer, so I'm, I'm excited about it. They're, the Hop Dogma has great beers. So this is the 6.9%. This is the Altered Dinkopotamus Hazy IPA. Um, so they took their original alpha dinkopotamus recipe, which uses Centennial, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops, and they totally changed up the hop profile. Now they're using Idaho 7's uh, Centennial, Citra, and Denali hops, and I've, I've been seeing Idaho 7 everywhere. I don't think I've traced, tasted it before, so I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to drink this beer down. Man, tell me why the hop game is becoming like the weed game with all the crazy names for all the hops and the weed and shit. Well, it's because they're they're starting to genetically modify it. They're starting to splice genes together to make a hop that's more aromatic, more oily. Um, you know, something that's going to be good for, you know, the the second drop of the of the hops instead of that initial first in the fermentation phase. So, like it's it, there's just so much horticulture behind the the art of brewing that you can really change the flavor with any type of hops and and in addition at any different type of the beer making process that it's going to change your your beer completely sorry i just kind of nerded out on hops hey there. i was about to say there it is ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if you want to know about hops and beer yeah mr big ball and ben larson is your man to talk to 
Hell yeah. All right, well, let's hop into some college football, man. We had a big college football uh, weekend. You know, it's coming down to the wire here, even though we have some conferences who are only playing like four or five games so far. Yeah, it's tough. But we had a big, big top 25 matchup this Huge weekend. Huge game. Yep. We had... Last second. We had the Mormons versus the Mullets. BYU <laughs> versus Coastal Carolina. Dude, this was a... Uh, the AP had BYU number eight. They had Coastal Carolina number fifteen. College football playoff had them thirteen and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina ended up winning this game twenty-two to fifteen. They basically they they handled the game. To be honest, I mean, what was your take? Yeah. What was your takeaway from this game? Yeah, um, I mean, BYU sucked in the second half. That was the the biggest thing I took from it. I mean, they had three points, uh, three punts, a fumble, and they ended the game on the 17-yard line without taking a shot at the end zone. Uh, You're down by a touchdown. How do you not take a shot at the end zone there? But, um, you know, it's you're right. Coastal Carolina totally controlled the game. They almost doubled the the time of possession there um and you know it really was a passing versus running game and yep. Costa Carolina's you know rushing just kind of took it out of BYU yeah I mean Coastal Carolina is a great offense I mean this is a team that scores over fucking 38 points a game I believe uh throughout mm-hmm. the year and BYU kind of held them down but BYU still lost the game like if you were to tell me this game would be scored under 50 points I would have been like oh yeah BYU is gonna win that game but yep. Coastal Carolina really dominated the game on the ground. You know, they turned uh, Zach Wilson over a few times or a couple of times. Um, you know, McCall wasn't great through the air, but he was able to also, he threw for 85 yards, rushed for 68. Um, I mean, there's a lot of yards by BYU, but they just, they weren't able to capitalize on anything. Yep. Um, just a, a bad loss for a team that said they would go anywhere and play anyone. You know, the, yep. you dodged Washington. Got Coastal Carolina. You lost to them. You know we're gonna talk more about this game later. But there was a a lot of upsets this weekend. You know, was there any upsets that really stood out to you, Ben? I I mean the whole Pac-12. Basically, this uh, this weekend was you know some some big upsets. You saw uh, Cal beat. I think Oregon was ranked twenty second. Um, you know, going into the weekend, you saw. Stanford beat Washington, who was, I believe, ranked 23rd or 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really don't have a solid favor out coming out of the Pac-12 North. And, you know, it's no. it's going to be interesting. Um, that Oklahoma-TCU game, that was a ton of fun to watch, man. Oklahoma should have taken that, that game. They lost their key wide receiver there. And... Uh, you know, I I enjoyed that one. I lost some money, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, man. I thought. I mean, I thought Oregon was ranked too high in the preseason to begin with. I didn't understand the hype. I didn't think they were going to be very good offensively. I mean, you lost Justin Herbert. You got a freshman quarter or not freshman quarterback, but you got you know a new quarterback First who hasn't year. really played yeah. um, in uh, Shuck, and I just didn't understand the hype. And I think when they lost last week against Oregon State. I think they knew because the season's so shortened that like their season was over. There's no way they could really, uh, you know, achieve that college football playoff. And I think Contend, that's a, yeah. 
I think that's something that hasn't really been talked about with this college football season is that a lot of the bowl games are getting canceled. Like you're literally we're we might only see like ten bowl games this year. Yep. And the college football playoffs. So if you're a team like Oregon and you're like college football playoff hopeful and you lose your game and your season's basically over, like what are you playing for from there? You know what I mean? And it kind of yeah. showed me like they didn't play with any heart against Cal. Like they lost to a bad team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cal lost to Stanford. Hey, <laughs> now. You know what I mean? But, hey. No, yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. But, honestly, Ben, Stanford it looks a lot better than I thought because, I mean, they beat uh, Cal. They beat Washington now. Washington. Stanford's yeah. probably going to win the Pac-12 North, and then they're going to get molly by USC, so it's going to be like whatever. Um, I don't know if we're going to win the, the the North. I think we'll we'll maybe get second. Who else is going to win the North? Second there. I think Oregon still takes the North there. No, nah, they lost um, two games. I, yeah, I don't think Stanford is. And so is Stanford, and I, I think they take another L here, Dude, possibly. That's, so. That Stanford versus Oregon game could be for the Pac-12 North. It could be. It definitely could be. In which case, you guys will probably lose because that's what Stanford does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I bleed Cardinal Red, so I'm okay with that. Um, All right, so, uh, well, before we get into your top 10 teams, we've got uh, a couple championship games that we know kind of where they're headed. Yep. Um, you know, we've got the ACC championship in Clemson and Notre Dame. We've got the SEC championship in uh, Alabama versus Florida. Where do you see these games going? Man, the ACC championship, this is redemption for Clemson because Clemson played at Facts. South Bend. And they played down a lot of players. Like I think they were missing like six starters on defense, and obviously they were missing Trevor Lawrence. I think Clemson wins this game by a lot, dude. Like when I say a lot, I think they win by like three scores or more, meaning seventeen plus. Whether that's okay. two field goals and a touchdown, two touchdowns and a field goal, I think they win by over twenty points in that game. They dominate that game. The SEC championship, I think, is actually going to be a lot closer than most people anticipate. I think a lot of people are going to take Alabama because of the brand name, but I actually like Florida in this game. Florida's offense has been undeniably probably the best offense in the entire country. Kyle Trask, Heisman hopeful. I would probably yeah. I would probably have him as my Heisman favorite at this point. Um, they're, they have a tight end in Kyle Pitts, who is a... Uh, top, he reminds me a lot of Darren Waller, but a better blocker. I think he's going to be a, a first-round draft pick. Um, you know, Florida's offense is very good. I think they're going yeah. to win. I think they might win the SEC and probably make the playoffs. Yeah. I I mean, I, I agree with you almost 100%. I don't think that Clemson-Notre Dame game is going to be as far off. I'm going to give it between uh, 7 and 14 points. A uh, little bit closer, but, uh, I mean, it's it's that exact same rematch you're talking about. You've got, you know, Trevor Lawrence in this time who is going to make the difference. Um, you know, and, and in that other game, it's going to be – that's going to be a high-scoring game. You've got two really electric offenses going at it. So I'm more excited about the Bama-Florida game, um, but uh, either – either game's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be, yeah, they're going to be great games, but Florida still has to play LSU this week, which is going to be interesting because they're already playing for the SEC championship. So like, do they even like play their starters next week? This is like unprecedented territory for college football. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
That's a good question. I've never seen like usually college football. You have to like play up until the very last week to figure stuff out. And here, Florida is like they could lose this game and still win the SEC title. Yeah, but yeah. So there, there were a lot of uh, unders underdogs winning this week. There was. There's got to be a lot of movement on your uh, on your top ten list, and I. I I do have a Stanford W to think about, but it's not over Cal, so so I will listen this time. Oh my God! So we're gonna go on, <laughs> we're gonna go in reverse order this week. We're gonna start number one and we're gonna go to number ten, right? Okay. Uh, so okay. That's how we're gonna do it this week. So number one, we're still staying Alabama, undefeated, number one team in the country. Number two, Notre Dame. Nothing's changing. Number three, Florida. That ain't changing. This is where things get interesting, and this is where things change. We're going number four, Clemson here. Dominant victory over Virginia Tech, who usually plays them pretty close. ACC championship on the line against Notre Dame. One of these two teams is dropping out of the top five. Right now, I got Clemson, number four. Number five, coming off a big win against my number eight team last week. Coming off a big win against the AP number eight team. Coastal Carolina jumping all the way up until the top five. They have a better schedule, better wins than Ohio State right now. We're going Coastal Carolina, number five, undefeated. Number six, Texas A&M. Number seven, still Cincinnati. Number eight, Ohio State. They did drop because they haven't beaten anybody. They beat a bad Michigan State team. Congratulations. What the fuck do you guys want for that? (laughs) Number nine, Iowa State. They're probably going to win the Big 12 right now. Uh, So they're going to stay at number nine. And number 10. Drum roll, please. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Jumping into the top ten, the number one team in the best conference in college football, the Pac-12. We're going the Trojans out of the University of Southern California making the top ten and dropping all the way out of the top ten, out of the top 25, out of the top 50. We're going top 100, the number 100 team in the country, your BYU Cougars. They're not yours technically, Ben, but you know, everybody's BYU <laughs> Cougars. Number 100. Hey, this team, they dodged Washington after saying they would play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Coastal Carolina called them said, hey, we're supposed to play a game this weekend. Liberty can't play. Y'all want to play? They said, yeah, we'll come play you, thinking they were going to get an easy W, and they didn't. Yep. They got and lost a big L. BYU Go back to Utah, go suck it, go do whatever the fuck you guys do out there. Y'all number 100, your season is over, goodbye. Alright, I, I I like it. Um, I I think, uh, you know, I, I really like your, your top nine. I see where you're coming with USC. They're, I mean, they destroyed, they've been destroying every team that they've, m- they've played. Hey, ben, at the end of the day, uh, it's my top 10. I can do whatever yeah, I absolutely. want with my top 10. Absolutely. And uh, I, I agree. BYU's got to drop big. Yeah, they're gone. Yep. Hey, Bubba, what's the matter? I need help with my fantasy football team. I play fantasy football. You think I could help you with that? No way. I'm going to ask the pros. What do you mean the pros? Alexa, play. Weekend Waiver Wired on Spotify. 
Tune in every weekend for the Weekend Waiver Wire, hosted by me, Steady Eddie Martin. Brought to you by Taproom Sports, where I give you all the ins and outs for the upcoming fantasy week. You need some help getting that W? I'm your man. Join me every Saturday as I turn you into a Bill Belichick-level fantasy GM. Brought to you by Taproom Sports. Keep up to date with everything Taproom Sports to our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. All right, we're going to be heading into the TMZ aspect of our podcast. We call it Pour Me Another because we need another beer every time we hear all of this news. And to start it off this week, we are going to be talking high school football. So in Texas last week, we saw a high school football player ejected from the contest after he charged the field and laid the smack down on the referee after the referee announced an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which then saw him ejected for the game. So the player is now being charged with assault as the hit resulted in a concussion and a back injury to the referee. The high school conference has now announced that the team has been disqualified from this year's playoffs. Um, what do you see here, and do you think it's a, a fair suspension? Yeah, man, I think it was a fair suspension because I think it sets a precedent to, uh, to kids. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, these things cannot happen, bro. Like, you represent your coaches, your teammates, and your institution or your high school or whatever. You, can, you can't let your aggression or your rage or whatever affect that and go tackle a referee, dude. Like, that cannot happen. Like, that is chaos. So I think the suspension is fair. I actually heard that the school took themselves out of the playoffs. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but this is just, uh, it's crazy to me because this is like a butterfly flight. Like this is a decision that this kid made that just changes entire yep. life. You know, one, one second changes entire life. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's not just one second, um, because this kid definitely needs help. It's the second time he's now been ejected and suspended for attacking a referee. Um, the first time was when he was on his high school soccer team uh, last year, uh, received a red card, and then went and attacked the, the referee. So, I mean, I, I, from what I was reading, um, the, the high school conference was penalizing the whole team taking them out of the playoffs and I I do think that's a, a little much in this instance because you're ruining the you know the scholarships the college recruitment of those other players that had nothing to do with this kid's actions I mean suspend the coach fire the coach get rid of the coach uh, you know and the player should not be playing sports but I don't think you can hurt the chances of all you know yeah, all but, the players on his but team. But Ben the one the one thing and I do I don't disagree with you at all. But if you look at it from this this sense of the the whole thing is that if you future players, right, in high school, if you look back on this and it's like, hey, that kid ruined his entire teammates. He could have fucked up their future too, right? And football is bigger than one person, dude. And that's always what you're taught from a young age when you play football. Football is bigger than you. It's a team game. It's about your team. And if you fuck your teammates over like that, then that kid, if this doesn't teach him anything, then I don't know what will. But this is also going to teach other people. Yeah, but but you're 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 
causing a bunch of innocent bystanders who who didn't have any influence on his brain snapping into action and going and attacking that that player. Hey, that hey, you ever been in a Ben when you were in school? You ever have that one kid that they're like, uh, or in basketball practice, for example, you shoot free throws, and if one person misses his free throw, the whole team has to run liners. Yeah, but if, if one person misses their free throw, does that ruin the college uh, opportunities that somebody else on the team might have? They're not gonna get. They're not gonna get their college opportunities. You don't know. They, they're not playing they're in the playoffs. The playoffs. They're, they're not in their 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 top. Uh, the tape still. The tape still there though. It's too much. Alright. The NHL announced this week they have pushed back their January 1st start date to look for a 52 or 56 game schedule. Yet there has been a major financial disagreement between the owners and players before they can set a start date plan. We are hearing teams are looking into outside games for all home games with teams sharing stadiums and rinks. Obviously, so homeowners can make money. Do you think we're starting in mid-January? And are we going to see outdoor games? Ben, you're the hockey expert. Let me know. Um, I mean, I don't think either of these things are going to be happening, to be honest. Um, you know, the owners and the players are still way off in their discussions. And, you know, to be honest, those players are pissed at the owners for balking at the percentages they signed four months ago. If it was years ago, we'd... we'd you know, we'd be in a whole different story, but they just signed their agreement four months ago. And you, you're telling me that the owners didn't have an idea that we wouldn't be back to normal or they thought that we'd be COVID-free by the end of the year? I, I mean, it's it, it's just surprising to me uh, that the owners are trying this. Um, you know, with the outdoor games, it's I think it's you know highly unlikely in, in the same fact that they're going to be losing money. Um, yes, you can get fans out there, but it takes a lot. You know, we look at the winter, the Heritage Classics, the other outdoor games. Like, it's a ton of preparation. It's a ton of upkeep. And that ice quality is just crap. So it's going to be too many issues. It's going to be too high to uh, to support throughout the year. Yeah, man. Uh, this reminds me a lot of, like, when baseball was coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like the owners and the players agreed to one thing, and then the owners, like, backed out, at, and it was just a mess, dude. But the NHL's been a mess since 2004. Like, the owners and players, like, they don't trust each other, obviously. Like, it's been a shit show since then. Nothing's ever changed. I honestly don't think there's going to be an NHL. Yeah, it could very well not happen. So you agree with me? There's not you don't think so? Um, I think we're going to drop down to the games within the 40, the numbers in the 40s first, um, and then we're going to try to get to, you know, a season, but uh, it, it could ultimately not happen. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, so let's move on to our last one of the week, and this is some breaking news. Uh, just dropped this afternoon, uh, announced today via Floyd Mayweather's Twitter. On February 20th, we will be seeing 50-0 Floyd Mayweather fight 1-0 YouTube influencer and all-around douchebag Logan Paul. (laughs) So these fighters are going to be getting a huge cut of the pay-per-view sales. Uh, I I think y'all know where I'm going on my thoughts. But uh, Jordan, are you going to be watching this fight, and who do you got? 
Bro, I will not be paying for this fight. That is first and foremost. And I hope that everybody out there refuses to pay for this shit too. Because boxing is becoming an absolute fucking joke, dude. Like, you're telling me 50 and 0 Floyd Mayweather, like a dude that held like 13 world titles, is fighting a YouTube influencer, and he's actually Owen one. He hasn't even won a fight. Uh, no, he lost to a. I thought he beat the the uh, YouTube. He, he lost to, not nah, he lost to like a video gamer, dude. That's even worse. Yeah. Like this is, dude. What the, what is going on? See, I cannot, absolutely cannot fucking wait until February 20th. I cannot wait to see this piece of shit get what's coming to him. I, I just, I don't see any value in his persona. I don't see any value in anyone who can get popular by uploading uh, somebody's suicide to his YouTube profile to get hits. I mean... Uh, He's he's trash. He's absolutely trash, and I cannot wait to see his face get beaten. I hope he makes a ton of money off this fight because he's going to have a ton of hospital bills. Um, <laughs> I I'm gonna give him a round. I'm I'm gonna say that that Mayweather takes it in the second round because I think when he gets that first real punch, he's gonna run around like a chicken with his head cut off around the ring throughout the first the end of the first uh, round, and then. The first punch in that second round is going to be game over. I have I have a feeling that like they're gonna probably like figure out how many people are gonna buy this fight, and it's not gonna be that many, and then they're gonna call the fight. No, off. everybody's gonna fight buy the fight because they want to see Logan Paul get the shit beat out of him. But they also want to see Mayweather get the shit beat out of it him. It won't happen. But no one really thinks that that dude's gonna beat the yeah, shit out of him. It's not right? happening. What would, what would you set the odds at right now? Um, to open, I'd say like Mayweather minus five thousand. <laughs> I was gonna say like ten thousand. Yeah, it's dude. it's up there, man. It is up there. <laughs> it, it's gonna oh, go quick. It, the, the real bet is gonna be you know picking picking which round it is and which round yeah. it ends. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, let's head into a segment all about betting. Hell yeah. This is the best segment of the show. This is a segment where if you followed us last week, you went 4-0. and oh. That means you made money, 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 money. Money, money, money. Love it. So let's do it, Ben. Love it. Best bet seems... you. Hey, hey, my man Ben be getting back on track here. That's right. He was struggling for a couple of weeks, but he's back on track. He's back on the horse. He's 500. He's 16 is 16. He gave y'all Indiana minus two and a half last week against Houston. W. That was a winner. Clock it up. He gave y'all the Las Vegas Raiders in the New York Jets over 47. W. And that too was a massive, massive winner. I like that bet too. I did it on NPR. Actually, both, both of them. Both of those, yeah. <laughs> Myself, I'm at 17, 12, and 2. I gave y'all Penn State minus 10 against Rutgers. That was a winner. And I gave y'all the first NCAA Hoops pick of the year, Bowling Green, minus 1.5 against Appalachian State. That, too, was a winner. And I hope y'all took it when I told you, because if you waited 24 hours, you lost me. I'm sorry. But, Ben, where are you going this week? You're on a high we, hey, we riding you, bro. You you are hot, hot, hot right now. I love it. And and I'm going to keep it hot because I've got two great picks that I think are, are easy monies here. 
Um, the first pick was going to be for uh, next week's football game. We've got Tennessee minus seven over Jacksonville. I mean, the Titans just put up a lot of points. They're averaging almost 30 points a game, while Jackson put, Jacksonville's only putting up 20. There's a nine and a half point difference there. Um, I see King Henry having a huge comeback game after these last two weeks where, I mean, just for his standards, it's, it's been subpar. Um, so, I mean, Tannehill and A.J. Brown seem to have their connections picking up. There was a little scare today with A.J. Brown uh, twisting his ankle, but uh, he got up and walked it off. So uh, with Jacksonville's struggles on D, I think a touchdown is easy in this game. So we're going to go Tennessee minus seven. And uh, for the second bet, uh, we're, you know, I, I got us got to change it up a little bit. So I'm going to gonna go with the, uh, the total and the over under here. Uh, for the next game, we are going to go to the New York Jets, Seattle Seahawks next week. It's going to be our afternoon game at, at uh, 105. We're going to go over 47 and a half here. Both teams, you know, really struggle on the defensive sides, you know, allowing 44.8 points a game. Um, but they're, excuse me, they're, they're scoring 44.8 points a game, but they're allowing a combined 57 points. Um, so at a 47 and a half, that, that number's looking really good. I mean, we know what the Seattle offense can do, and, you know, they really need a prove-it win after these last couple weeks. I mean, we saw the Jets put up a 28 on, uh, on just as shitty of a defense in the Raiders. So I'm saying Seahawks put up at least 35, so 47 and a half should be easy money. Jets, Seahawks, over 47 and a half. I hope that Seattle offense bounces back. Those are two good best bets, so I like them both. This week, my two best bets, I'm going Buffalo Bills Monday night at a pick em. I like it here. I like Sean McDermott. This is a, a game where, you know, the Buffalo Bills are playing for that top seed in the AFC at this point. They're one of the best teams in the league. Let's go Buffalo Bills against the Niners. Niners are beat up. We're going Buffalo Bills. Pick them. My second best bet is a matching game next Saturday. I like Kent State. Minus six and a half against Ohio. Kent State is a high scoring team. They lost their last game to Buffalo, but Buffalo is the best team in the MAC. Ohio is not on Kent State's level. We're going Kent State minus six and a half. Hell yeah. Bonus pick is the over in that game. I believe it's 61 and a half. Take it. Hell yeah. So we're going to be making you money. We just entertained you for an hour, but we all know what you really want. We we know you want to hear about our beers. And Jordan, you and zombies tonight, I, I just realized this, uh, you had brains and the yep. zombie staycation, or slaycation. So tell me, how were yep. those beers? The brains. <laughs> that one, uh, it's like a... It's a different kind of beer, dude. It's like a fruit smoothie, sour, but it's not really sour. It doesn't have like that tarty taste. It literally tastes like more of a like milkshake, to be honest, like a milkshake with uh, alcohol in it. They're good. They're tasty. I wouldn't drink a ton of them, though. Um, I would definitely drink it again. I'm going to give that one a four out of five. The Beer Zombie Staycation, though, this beer was a great beer. This was tasty. It was tarty. Has that double IPA sour taste, which I've never really had before. Um, this is definitely a beer that I would drink again. I bought like 
a lot of them, so I will definitely be Beautiful. having another one this holiday season. Um, I like this beer a lot. Beer Zombies really does it right. If you guys are out in Vegas, go check out Beer Zombies. Um, they they have a good food there too. Uh, they have food provided by Skinny Fats. Um, they're not paying us, by the way. <laughs> I'm just giving them a shout out. Oh, yeah. But I'm gonna give this beer a four point five out of five. Nice. Hell yeah. All right, so I had uh, I had two beers. The first one was the Mother Earth Brewing Company, uh, the Cali Cream and Creamsicle. This was the orange vanilla cream ale that was supposed to taste just like the ice cream uh, popsicle you had when you were a kid. Uh, this was a good beer. It uh, it was it was sweet, just like their you know their regular Cali Cream is. Um, you know it did taste like a cream soda with a little bit of orange there. I wouldn't say it was spot on to that, uh, that pop school that you had as a little kid. Um, it was 5%. It was a great beer. Uh, I do have to say that I do like the Cali cream and a little bit better here, but that's not going to, you know, take anything down from my number. I'm going to be giving this a 4.1. Um, it was a great beer. You can nice. drink a lot of it. Um, it's on the market, so you can buy it at liquor stores, Safeway. Like, it, it's out there. Go buy it and try it out. It's a great beer. Nice. Uh, my second beer of the night was the Hop Dogma Brewing Company. Um, they're out of Half Moon Bay. It was the Altered Dencopotamus Hazy IPA. Um, this one had the Idaho 7, Centennial, Citra, and Denali hops. And I have to say, this is one of the hoppiest beers that I've had. But... Uh, they do it really, really well. Um, you get that smell, you get that flavor, um, you get, you know, that pucker, but it's not that sloppy in the face. It's a great hazy IPA. Um, this is one that I, I'm gonna match with Jordan on his numbers. I'm gonna put this at a 4.6. This is one I'm getting again. This is one I really wanna have on tap. Um, so I'm gonna be heading up to, to Hop Dogma, you know, within the, well, we're in lockdown now, so not within the next week, but uh, <laughs> but once we get out of lockdown, I'm I'm heading up there. It's a great beer. I'm super excited to try it on tap, and uh, it's it's six point nine. It's a little heavy, but you can drink a lot of it, which is dangerous. Nice. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that was our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Taproom Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast, on Twitter uh, at Taproom underscore sports, and on Facebook. Or you can just visit, visit our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com, where you can find all of our social media. You can find our weekly, our weekly contests for a Taproom Sports hoodie. And you can check out really all of our merchandise in collaboration with The Glory. Make sure to check out APR on Thursday for NFL Week 14 previews with Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lats. We got steady Eddie Martin, right. and we've got Tiffany from Picks by Chicks, along with myself, to review each and every game of the week. And we have a ton of fun doing fantasy and that best bet antics. And while we're talking Taproom Sports Podcast Network podcast, make sure to check out Steady Eddie's last-minute fantasy booms and busts on the weekend waiver wire. So that's it for the week. I am your host, Big Ballin' Ben Larson, here with my co-host, my buddy, the main sportsman, Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. 
Yes, sir. Hey, before we go, make sure everybody goes to uh, enter our weekly contest. Damn straight. We're giving away a free hoodie. Free hoodie. You can check it out at www.taproomsportspodcast.com slash weekly contest. Yeah. We are out. We will see you next week. Peace.